0: Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. inside of southwest florida you're missing the point you got to get in the house because it's awesome in the house come on in baby but if you're watching somewhere else in the country Dude, that's awesome. Welcome. So glad you found NextLevelChurch.com. So glad that you're joining us. Welcome. It's amazing. I bet you our weather is better than yours, period. Southwest Florida is amazing like that. So, hey, welcome, everybody. Guys, I'm so excited about so many things going on around Next Level Church. And honestly, I'm excited because next weekend is Easter. As you heard, we have 14,726 services for you to come to. It's going to be amazing. No, seriously, man. You've heard us talking about Easter. Guys, make sure that you lock that in. Make sure that you're here. Make sure that you prioritize it. Invite. Use those invite cards. Next weekend is going to be incredible. We are setting the table for a banquet, and it's going to be unreal. So make sure you're here for Easter. So as I was praying this week about what God wanted to do here, it's Palm Sunday weekend, which is awesome. We got palms. Wave them around. We don't actually have palms, nor are we waving them around not going to do that. If you have palms in one of our services this weekend, don't be waving them. Come on, don't do that. Okay, but here's the deal. It's the week of Easter. Like we're, we're heading into Easter week. And so as I was praying and seeking the Lord and saying, God, what do you want to do? in us this week before Easter as we prepare and set the table, the banquet table for people to come next weekend at Easter. What do you want to do in us? I felt so strongly, uh, the Lord just led me to a passage, First Peter chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, if you have a smart device, click over with me or turn over with me to First Peter chapter 1. That's where I want us to land this weekend. And, and I feel like God has just impressed upon me this word. And, and if anybody should understand the idea of, of Easter, it's Peter, because he was one one of Jesus's inner three, There's was Peter, James, and John. These three guys who were kind of in Jesus' inner circle, and and so, uh, man, he was just one of those guys who who had a front row seat. And when Jesus needed him most, the night before Jesus died, goes to the cross. The night before, Peter turns his back on Jesus. And then after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, Peter is, is forgiven and he's reinstated back into the fold. And God uses his life in an incredible way. And so, so Peter understands the power of salvation. He understands the power of what Jesus did on the cross. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter is, is writing to a church, a local church like ours. He's writing to a group of believers. Much like ours, only two thousand years ago, with no Wi-Fi, and so he's writing to them, and he's he's basically saying, "Listen, we've been given a gift, and any time you're given a gift, there's an appropriate response. Come on, parents, right? Isn't it true that from the youngest of age, we teach our kids, when someone gives you a gift, what do you say? I already have four of these already. No, that's not what you say. That's not what you say. What do you say?" thank you right like there's an appropriate response when someone gives you a gift and so peter in first peter we know it as a book but in the letter of first peter that he's writing to a local church like ours peter's writing to this local church and he's saying hey there is an appropriate response when you are given the gift of salvation because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he forgave us of our sins and gave us the promise of eternal life, there is an appropriate response to it. So in First Peter chapter 1, the first nine verses, he kind of sets that up. And then in verse nine, he says, so the whole deal is based on this, which is uh, what he says, the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Peter says salvation is the point. That's the free gift that Jesus gives us. And then in verses 10 through 12, he kind of unpacks that salvation a little bit more. But then in verse 13, he gives us, he begins to give us five commands that are the appropriate responses for those of us who are followers of Jesus. How you and I ought to respond to the gift of salvation that we've been given. So maybe you want to write these five things down because I think they matter a lot to us, Next Level Church. Five responses. Look look at verse 13. Here's what he says. Therefore, in other words, now that you've been given salvation, you've received this gift, therefore, here's what you're supposed to do. Here's what he says. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. In other words, he says, listen. You know, how, you know how you know what sobriety is? Anything, don't put anything in your mind or in your body that will compromise your decision-making. So some people are like, well, you know, what's the Bible stance on? What's the position on? Okay, anything that clouds our ability to make Christ-like decisions causes us to not be sober. There's your line. He says that's the line. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober... Here's how you're supposed to respond. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. The first appropriate response to salvation that Peter tells us to have is for us. Number one, maybe we want to write this down. We have to set our hope on the grace of Jesus Christ. We have to set our hope on the grace of Jesus Christ. See, here's the thing. Hope is one of the most powerful forces in the entire universe. When you and I have hope, we can endure just about anything, can't we? But, but when we lose hope, things go downhill pretty quickly, don't they? Like if, if your job feels hopeless, things go downhill pretty quick, right? If you're in a relationship or maybe your marriage feels hopeless, things go downhill pretty quick. Some of us are in a financial situation where, where it just feels hopeless, well, guess what? The minute hopelessness enters into our heart and our mind, suddenly things start to go downhill. We, we, anytime we're facing circumstances that seem hopeless to us, when we run out of hope, we're in big trouble. Many of you were here a few weeks ago when Dr. West Stafford was with us all weekend uh, at our church, and, and he, um, it, one of the, the things that he said, he's the former CEO and president of Compassion International. And we were at dinner with him the night before, and one of the things that he said was he, he was talking about poverty, and he said, The true definition of the word poverty is losing hope. In other words, when people start to believe my circumstances will never change, that's poverty. When we lose hope around the idea that our circumstances could, will somehow change, that's when we do drastic things. That's when bad things happen. That's when the true poverty mindset sets in, when we feel hopeless. But here's the deal. The only thing worse than losing hope is having false hope. The only thing worse than, than having no hope is having false hope. In other words, putting hope into something Or someone that can't supply what we're looking for. Like when you're really, 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 really thirsty. Like if somebody hands you a cup of salt water and says, Well, it's water, okay, that's that can't satisfy your thirst. That hope won't last. So listen, next level. Church, here's the point. If we're looking to a spouse or to a job or to our income as our hope. If we're looking to our government for our hope or our kids as our hope or our things, our stuff that we've acquired, listen, that will never satisfy our hope. Those things provide a false hope. There's no amount of income, there's no amount of money that can provide that kind of hope. Only Jesus can provide us with hope. That's what Peter's saying. It's only Jesus. And not just hope for salvation, but hope in every area of our life. Peter says, listen, don't put your hope in anything else. But Jesus Christ, he's the only thing that can provide hope. And so maybe you've come into one of our services this weekend. And there's a circumstance, an area of your life that feels hopeless. I want you to know As long as there's breath in your lungs, Jesus is the giver of hope. Don't give up. Don't give up. Not today. Not today. There is hope in Jesus. That's a word for somebody. you got to hear that this weekend. There's hope. There's hope in Jesus. That's what Peter is saying. He says, listen, when you start to recognize the gift of salvation that he has given you, then as followers of Jesus, it is right. Your appropriate response is hope. He goes on, verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Here's number two. Write it down. Do not conform to your evil desires any longer. Peter says, listen, now that you know better, do better. Peter's saying, listen, you you used to be able to get away with certain things as a lifestyle. But guess what? You can't get away with that anymore. You know why? Because you know better now. You used to be ignorant, but now you're not ignorant anymore. You know the truth of God's word. Stop pursuing those evil desires and telling yourself, convincing yourself that it's somehow okay. Come on, parents. Don't we say this all the time to our kids? When they do something and we're, and we're like, what were you thinking? And then we say this, you know better. Is it possible? Come on, next level. Let me get in your business a little bit. Is it possible, Christian? Is it possible? Follower of Jesus, a long-time follower of Jesus, is it possible that you know better? And that the Lord maybe, just maybe this weekend is going, hey, what are you thinking? Stop doing that. Stop saying that. Stop looking at that. Stop drinking that. How long? How long are you going to keep convincing yourself that it's okay? It's not okay. Well, you know, the Bible's kind of unclear. No, you know, that behavior will never lead you into a righteous way of living. So what's the problem? Come on. That's what he's saying. That's what Peter is saying. Don't conform. How long are we going to keep going there? How long are we going to keep acting that way? How long are we not going to do what he's asked us and told us to do? Well, you know, I'm just scared. I'm just I just I'm afraid. Okay, well then fear's not from God. Come on. You know what God wants you to do? Do it. Stop acting the way you acted when you were ignorant. You're no longer ignorant. You're here's what, what come on parents, this is what we say, isn't it? You're not 4 years old anymore. My friend Mark Batterson says this, most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience. Let me say that again so you get it. Most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience. In other words, what Mark is saying is, listen, you don't need more sermons You don't need more head knowledge. You know what you need? You need to do what God has already told you to do. You need to do what you know in your heart to be right. That's it. So come on. What do we need to stop doing this weekend? Where do we need to stop going or stop watching, stop drinking, stop indulging, stop gossiping, stop saying, stop thinking, or stop not doing Well, I'm just afraid. I'm just scared, you know. He says, stop it as a response, an appropriate response to salvation. You want to say thank you with your life, Christian? Here's how you do that. Respond appropriately. If we had an organ, I could preach up in this place. Peter is, thanks, Mom. Peter is saying, listen, you've received salvation of your soul. And you won't stop doing that? Seems kind of childish, doesn't it? Verse 15. But just as he, speaking of God, who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Number three, write it down, write it down, write it down. Be holy in all you do. What's the appropriate response to salvation? For those of us who are followers of Jesus who have received salvation, the third response that Peter says is appropriate for us in this moment is to be holy in all that we do. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes when we think of holiness, we think of holiness as the absence of sin. And I suppose on some level that's true, but... Peter already dealt with that in verse 14. He said, hey, don't continue in the evil desires of the flesh, blah, 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 that you would do when you were ignorant. He already dealt with that. So when he says in verse 15, be holy for I am holy, saith the Lord, He's, he's uh, apparently he's not just talking about the absence of sin because he already dealt with that and he's not being redundant. So what's, what's going on here? What's he talking about? Well, let me... Let me try and broaden this approach, this definition to the word holy. Ready? Because think about the word holy. Here's the deal. The word holy is different than the word holy, isn't it? There's holy with the W, H-O-L-L-L-L-Y, however many L's are, one or two, or whatever it is, okay, holy. Okay, there's the one with the W, but then there's the one with the H, H H-O-L-Y. Well, what's the root word of holy? It's whole, but it but it's not W H O L E, whole as in complete or full or lacking nothing. It's not whole with a W. It's whole, H O L E. Well, what's a whole? A hole is an empty space that has been deliberately created in order to be filled up with something else. That's what a hole is. Like, like if you dig a swimming pool, you dig a hole. So what do you do? You remove the dirt so it can be filled up with another substance other than itself, water. That's the point. Nobody digs a hole, digs the dirt out, only to put the dirt back in. That's pointless. So what's this? We remove the dirt so we can put another substance in. So what is this verse saying? What is the definition of holiness? The removal of us from us so we can be filled up with another substance, Him, His Holy Spirit. That's what this means. That's what holiness is, you guys. It's the absence of self. It's the removal of the dirt called us so we can be filled up with the water called him. That's holy. (laughs) Be holy. Some of us feel like we've hit a lid in our life and we feel like, well, I can't go any further. And we've been tempted To blame our spouse To blame our boss To blame our church To blame our small group We've been tempted to blame Well I need to change something Because I feel like I'm not growing in the Lord anymore Is it possible that the reason we've kind of grown and then plateaued Is because we've stopped emptying of ourselves With more of ourselves Listen, the less of you there is in you The more of him there will be in you You want to go higher in Jesus Start digging it out Digging it out When you dig more of you out, more of him can fill you up. And therein you'll break through your lid and you'll go to where God wants you to go. You'll go to the next level. (laughs) That's how you do it. That's what it means to be holy. And Peter says, listen, there is an appropriate response to salvation. And that appropriate response is to empty yourself of yourself so you can be filled up continually with him. That is God's will for every believer. When was the last time God asked you to keep emptying yourself another layer down? If it's been a while, then I can almost promise you your relationship with Jesus has stalled out. It's a constant dying to self. Be holy for I am holy. Guess what the ultimate emptying of self was? The cross. That's Jesus, God in flesh, dying, emptying himself of himself completely. Why? So he could be filled up so all of mankind could be filled up. He is the first fruits of salvation, the Bible says. That's what it's talking about. This is good teaching, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of swimming pools, this is not shallow. Verse 17, verse 17, verse 17. What's our appropriate response to the salvation, the gift that you and I have received as followers of Jesus? Verse 17. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time. Live it out. That's our theme for this year, isn't it, guys? We as a church, our whole theme is, how do we live out our faith? Peter's telling us how. Look at this. Live out your time as foreigners. Come on, every campus, every service, say the word foreigners. One, two, three, foreigners. Come on, Gateway, I know you're out there. One, two, three, foreigners. All of us, one more time. One, two, three, foreigners. Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Number four, write it down. What's the appropriate response to salvation? We are to live as foreigners here on earth. We are to live as foreigners here on earth. Peter is saying, listen, because of all these things that we've been talking about, and because those are true, then the next thing you have to realize is that this life on earth is simply temporary, and you are simply foreigners here. Life on earth, this is not the end, you guys. It's not the end. If we believe in Jesus for eternal salvation, then we must, at the core of who we are, believe that this life is not the end. Peter says, you are merely foreigners on this ball. You are merely foreigners on this planet. You're only passing through. Think about it. When you travel, you stay in a hotel. Listen, nobody ever walks into a hotel and goes, I'm going to be here for two days. The color of these walls are hideous. This will never do. Maintenance, We have got to paint these walls before I leave. Oh, I know, I'm only here 38 hours. But we got to change this. No, like only crazy people or maybe highfalutin celebrities, highfalutin. What a great phrase. Oh, I'm bringing that back. Highfalutin, I haven't said that since maybe ever. Hashtag highfalutin. I got it. It's awesome, it's amazing. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I'm having fun. (laughs) Listen, nobody cares about the color of the walls in the hotel. You know why? Because it's only temporary. You're only passing through. This is just a short time. And Peter says, listen, you are foreigners on this earth. Guys, come on, next level church. Let me push on you for a second. Some of us have gotten so consumed with the color of the walls in the hotel room of our life that we're missing it. And Jesus would say to you this weekend, hey, stop spending so much time and energy and resources on the wall color in the hotel. You're just passing through. This life is not all there is. Only what we do in this life for the next life. That's what matters most. That's what matters most. Eternity is all that matters. That's why he writes, in reverent fear, there is a reverential fear that must grip our hearts daily when we are reminded and consumed with the thought that this life is only temporary. We are only passing through. And God would say to some of us this weekend, hey, stop spending so much time worrying about this life and the color of the walls in the hotel room that you're missing what I'm actually trying to do through you. God has blessed so many of us with resources and talents and abilities. And we're just using them for self, using them for self. And God's saying, hey, that's great, man. Paint the walls all you want. But you don't live here. You know that, right? This is why. This is why we. This is why invitations to Easter, like this, is why we do what we do in the little bag things to hand out to your coworker. This is why some of us were going. Yeah, well, I don't want to offend, and well, I don't want them to think less of me. Okay, paint the walls. Some of us financially. Well, I'm concerned about the whole tithing, and I'm so I'm afraid, I'm so fearful and security, and well, okay, listen. Paint the walls. Sarah and I were just at a Dave Ramsey event a week and a half ago in Nashville, and I heard Dave Ramsey say himself, listen, there is no amount of money any person on planet Earth can amass to provide enough security for this lifetime. At some point, you're just gonna have to trust God. That's why tithing matters. That's why we talk about it. Listen, that's why we created Kingdom Builders, because we are a generous church on our way to being an extravagantly generous church, a church that leverages what we've been given now to impact others across the world for eternity. That's why this matters, you guys. Peter's saying, hey, stop worrying so much about the paint on the walls of the hotel and start focusing on what really matters in this life, leveraging what you've been given for the next life. Verse 18, for you know, Peter says, that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. In other words, money can't save you. You know that from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, Christ is our hope, he says. He has chosen. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but it was revealed in these last times for your sake. In other words, God had this all planned out from the beginning of time, that Jesus would be the Savior of the world, but we're just now getting in on it. Verse 21, through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. There it is again, verse 22, look. Now, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, in other words, now that you've done these first four things appropriate responses to salvation. Now that you've done all of those things, put your hope in Christ in every area of your life. Evil desires that you're no longer ignorant and you've dealt with those. Now that you, be holy for I am holy. Be a whole now that you've emptied yourself of yourself. Now that now that you are see yourself as foreigners, merely passing through. Now that you've dialed in those four, here's the fifth one and this is the best one of all. Peter says, look, now that you've purified yourselves verse 22, by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Here it is. Love one another deeply from the heart. Peter says, listen, the best, most appropriate response of salvation of all is, number five, write it down, that you love one another deeply. And because you've dealt with these first four, you can do that with a pure heart. Love one another deeply, number five, from a pure heart. See how Peter's setting the whole thing up? He's saying, now that you understand all of this, here's the next natural response. Live for someone else's good and live for someone else's gain. Because you understand all this, because you understand what Jesus has done for you, then then I want you to understand, Peter says, that the best life you can possibly live on planet Earth is the one that is not for you. But it's for someone else. Serve someone else. Touch somebody else. Touch someone's heart today. That's the best life you can live. That's the best life. That's our and one strategy. Guys, that's why we talk about serving. That's why we talk about using our time and our talent, our passions, our giftings, our ability to serve someone. That's why we talk about discover part one, discover part two. That's our next steps. Why? Because we want to help you discover how God has made you so that you can have the appropriate response of serving someone else, loving someone else, seeing people differently. That's the goal, Peter says. That's the best possible life you can live. So here's my challenge to us, Next Level Church. It's Easter week. It's Easter week. I just want to challenge us this week to see people differently come on, what if the thousands of us who are part of Next Level Church, what if this week we made a decision to see people differently, to really truly see them, not just notice, but see them? And then what if this week all of us, every one of us listening right now, made a decision that we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna make an emotional connection with those people? Guess what the response is? The, the, the ultimate result of that is we will leave them with hope. We'll leave leave them with hope. The hope of Jesus. That's (laughs) That's what it means to serve. That's what it means to make an impact and touch someone's heart. That's what it means. That's what it means to live the best possible life we can live. That is the appropriate response. So here's my challenge. First one is, will you see people differently this week? And serve them, love them deeply, from a pure heart. That's challenge number one. And challenge number two is what do you need to do? What do you, how do you need to respond with this message? See, here's, here's the goal of all teaching here at Next Level Church. It is this. that, that all, all teaching, the whole goal of everything we do at Next Level is to present a piece of the Word of God, the Bible, which around here we believe is the inspired Word of God and to lay our life in front of the Bible. And then once we put our life in front of the Bible, suddenly we can examine our heart and go, oh, I can see where the holes are. I can see where the deficiencies are. And so the whole goal is then that we would respond to that. And here's the thing. When we do, guess what? The end result is we become more like Jesus. That's discipleship. That means we become better followers, disciples of Jesus. So here's my question. How do you need to respond? You've heard the word of God. You've heard it this weekend. Some of you, there's an evil desire that it's time. The Lord is saying to you this weekend, hey, come on, just stop. You're not ignorant anymore. Some of you, it's a start. I've been telling you, God says, I've been telling you, this is, this is the right move. This is the right, you can trust me. Put your faith in that. Go for it. Make it happen. No more excuses. And some of you, you've been, you've been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And God's going, how long? How long are you going to act like a child? You know better. Make the right decision. How do you need to respond? How do you need to respond? Some of you, you need to to, to kick complacency to the curb this week and go, all right, I got to keep digging more dirt out of myself, more of myself out of myself so I can be filled up with him, be holy. How do you need to respond? See people different and respond different. When we do, We become different. We become more like Jesus. Let's bow our heads together. Come on, every service all across our campuses, bow your head with me. Maybe you're here this weekend and you're lacking hope. Maybe you're here this weekend and you're the one who feels hopeless. You have a circumstance that feels hopeless. Jesus is the giver of hope. He wants to touch you right now. Father, I just pray for so many who have wandered into one of our services this weekend and they've got a scenario, an area of their life, a circumstance that looks hopeless. So God, right now, I just pray you would begin to fill their heart and their mind with peace and with hope. Hope is a powerful, powerful thing. And Lord, I pray that you, the giver of hope, the creator of hope, would begin to fill their heart with hope, Lord. Let them begin to see things in a creative way, in a new way, in a different way. Lord, let them lean into you and trust you more. God, be the giver of hope this weekend. And then, Jesus, I pray that every one of us who are listening would respond appropriately. We are followers of you. We know the right thing to do. We're no longer ignorant, and we are going to say, yes, that is how, with our life, we say thank you when we've been given a gift. And so, Lord, no more hesitation, no more excuses, only obedience. We say yes, because Jesus, we know that living obediently really is the best life. God, thank you for your word that we can lay our life in front of and make changes appropriately that we might become more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody who agreed at every campus said, amen. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com, and help us bring you more messages just like this one every single week. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week.